0: Live, sweet.
1: Hello.
0: How's everyone's day going? Pretty good. Yeah, decent. Pretty good. It's about to get better. Yeah. Okay. I have brought Evan Williams, 1783, for us to enjoy today. Now, this is actually a cheap bourbon, uh, to the tune of like fifteen dollars for a bottle. But being as this is right by Bourbon Country. It's not a bad bourbon. In my book, it's as good as some top-shelf bourbons. Yeah. So, it's made by Heaven Hill Distillery in Kentucky. And this one's actually aged six to eight years. And I just read that it won the 2019 SIP Award. Really? So,
2: what is the SIP Award?
0: I You know, I didn't look that up. <laughs> Sorry. But it's an award.
2: <laughs> It's got a nice sip to it. No wonder it
0: won in a sip award. <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's it says 86 or 90 proof. I can't remember. One of my mainstays. Nice. Went, I went a little generic this time. So. Nice. so, yeah, what brings us here today? Let's uh let's kind of talk about our past and let's go a little more in depth on what we're doing here and how we even know each other, you know. All the Crazy happenstances that have brought our lives together. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, you want to start that out? I mean, well, on the spot there, Justin. Uh, right on the spot.
2: We've known each other for over 20 years. Uh, we're from the same small town. Uh, we've never really been what I would consider close. We've always been kind of in each other's vicinity. Mm-hmm. But every time we uh, came in contact with one, no, one another, we would get locked into these deep, deep conversations. And we didn't always agree. We're both very opinionated. Both have differing opinions. But it never stopped us. And uh, I always left those conversations feeling energized. I felt like I needed to research more every time I talked to Brian. So um, that's kind of where the idea from the podcast came from. I felt like if... We can have those conversations, and people can hear those conversations. It might spark someone else to have a conversation, um, even when we don't all agree, um, even when we do have differing opinions. And uh, I think conversation is how we learn and grow as humans. So um, I think that's important in this world, and if we can help spread that just a little bit, we've done
0: something good. Yeah, and now, no better time, Yeah, because we see how things are going. I call it narrative-driven reality syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's what a lot of people seem to be going through. And yeah, uh, the way I describe you to people, like you said, we would would not see each other for two to three years. And then as soon as we'd meet back up, it would always evolve into some kind of topic of discussion that was based in current events, science, you know, not sports, not drama. Uh, It was interesting. And I always say, Justin is a gem of a human being. Like you only meet so many people that are on your wavelength to that point where you can connect and really mentally energize one another. I always left those. I still remember multiple times we just sat and talked for hours. Yeah, uh, we'd
2: be in a room full of people and Mm -hmm. I'd be ignoring everyone else by the end (laughs) end of it because we're too busy locked in on this one brainwave. Absolutely. And uh, that's rare. You don't always find connections like that with people. And that's one of the things I always loved about our conversations was uh, that there was nothing off limits. It Mm -hmm. was anything goes, we'd talk about anything from life to politics, to religion, to sex, to love, um, just anything. And to the sexual reproduction of parasites. I mean, we'd talk about it all. Uh And uh, every time I left that feeling like, not only had I learned something, but there was a possibility to learn more. Uh Um, We get kind of caught up in our own lives where we feel like we know everything we need to know in that moment. And uh, we're both curious-minded guys, and we need people like each other in our lives to keep us spurred, to keep us going forward and learning more and constantly researching. And uh, I think it'll be good for both of us doing this, um, and I think it'll be good for others to um, be able to partake in that conversation and, like I
0: said, spark their own. Yeah, and if anything, they'll get a laugh and they'll learn some interesting facts. I cannot tell you how many book recommendations I've taken from you. I literally lost count.
2: That is one of my obsessions. Mm -hmm. I'm always, and I've always been that way. I read a good book and I'm so passionate about it and Mm -hmm. it has such an impact on my mind and how I feel and how I proceed forward from that moment that I feel like everyone I know and trust uh, needs this book in their life. So I'm very quick to say, hey, you should read this. You should read this. And uh, I think that helps. I I think uh, having a wide range of knowledge is so important. I Mm -hmm. think the There's no such thing as bad knowledge. Um, You've got to learn as much as you can, soak as much as you can up. And that's what we're here for. We are the universe's ability to observe itself. It's all Mm -hmm. just about learning and growing. And uh, that's what I want to continue to do. And I want to surround myself with people that uh, can can do that and spur me on to do more. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at with this. Yeah. And and, uh, I kind of view... Uh, my wide range of knowledge as a mess that's where the title comes from it's a big mess it's a big fucking dumpster fire yeah. <laughs> and uh, so and sometimes you gotta just dive into the dumpster and go dumpster dive dig in yeah
0: um, so yeah, I view the world as the same way I mean we can all see it was kind of the, the basis for the show was we should talk about the inefficiency in which people interact with each other and their environment that yeah. was the way I thought of it yeah. so you look around and it, we don't do a great job of managing things at all and we stay confused and mixed up and it's almost when you realize you understand a subject and realize how many people don't understand it that that kind of yeah, lets you realize we're, we're in a dumpster fire.
2: We have a very, uh, a lot of people have just a cursory knowledge or uh, a misinformed basis of knowledge about a lot of things mm-hmm. and they let emotions control what they know. Mm-hmm. And you take it for example, there's a Brilliant writer in the 50s and 60s, Jorge Luis uh, Borges, and uh, he was brilliant. He only wrote short stories. He was the master of uh, short stories, master of one of the masters of magical realism. He wrote a book, uh, I believe, in 1962, called The Library of Babel. And it is literally about a society of people living inside of a library that has an endless amount of information. Um, It literally has every stitch of information that's ever existed within this library. The problem is is there's no way to catalog this information. And he essentially predicted the Internet. You see these huge divisions in society. Mm -hmm. You see cults arise because they believe this one thing and there's no way to verify whether that's right or wrong and you see it now in our pockets all day long we have access to all the information in the world more information than what was in the library of alexandria and uh we use it to look up cat videos <laughs> I mean, it's uh it's pretty am- it, we live in a pretty amazing time and i even catch myself doing this yes <clears throat> i've always found it Amazingly absurd that I will get mad at my phone for being slow, but if I stop and think about it, it literally just sent a signal into space and <laughs> sent it
0: back <laughs> into the air. It is magic. Yeah, it is magic.
2: It, yeah, it is magic. It, and uh, I, look at where humanity is in just the last hundred years. Um, that's mind-boggling. I mean, literally, if you think about it, in the last two hundred years,
0: indoor plumbing. You to, <laughs> Look at that. This is the way, this is from, and I actually thought Alan Moore had said this. He did not. This is actually what my mind did with what he said. But the way I view this is if you go back, let's say 200 years, uh, information traveled in the form of a solid. Yeah. You had to be handed information from another person. You had to go somewhere to get it. Yeah, it had to uh, be you, there was, yeah. yeah, written scrolls, things <laughs> like this. Well, we move on to where it's the time of liquid. Electronic communications. And this is when the radio is coming out. There's all these new things. And you can see the baubles we had with that. Uh, the War of the World stuff, you know, yeah. the, the blue laws in the US that are made because yeah. they were afraid they would fake an alien invasion yeah. and it would be a war tactic. Yeah. So, where I think we're at now is we're approaching the time of steam, which that also comes with all this knowledge is dispersed. And it's like you said, it's it's not cataloged, it's not uh, yeah. referenced anymore. There's no gatekeepers. There's none. There's none. It's all right there. I can go and make up a fact and present it as whatever I want on the internet, and I think that everyone should have the right to do that. But again, there needs to be some kind of uh, some kind of reference material for what people are saying. So maybe that's what we're. Uh, maybe that's another thing I really want to get out of this is let's just let's just check things for people.
2: Yeah, um, I can see that, and uh, I think there's good and bad uh, to not have any gatekeepers. I'm all for freedom of thought. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of my big things is I'm a free thinker, and I want to continue to be a free thinker, and I think others should be free thinkers, but we also have to live in a world based on facts, and Mm -hmm. we're quickly living in a post-truth society, and... um, Going back to the Library of Babel, that's what he was getting across, that there would become a time that we're so inundated with information that no one would be able to determine fact from fiction. And I think I've mastered it. I think I've figured it out. You look at which one's weirder, and that's the fact. (laughs) (laughs) Fact is always the stranger document. (laughs) I I was
0: once told that uh, people could tell that we didn't make up any of our stories, because they were too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and if we made them up, they wouldn't go like that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I have a laundry list of stories that I could tell that uh, you would be like, yeah, there's no reason you would make that up. That's just too fucking weird. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, we're going to cover a lot, man. I mean, I I can't explain Uh, how many of this we've covered. So you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Yeah. hello. you want to get in here on this? You're kind of quiet today. I
1: don't know what to say. uh, I guess what would you like to know?
0: I mean, what do you get out of these conversations? I'd like to hear that just organically.
1: They're very entertaining, and Mm -hmm. I think I leave with knowledge Mm -hmm. every time. Yeah. Yeah. and like one of the things I was telling you, I wanted to do was any time a book or something was referenced, making sure we had a way to put that. Like if there was a way to attach like a, a book list essentially of of at the end of the podcast, like in writing, so people can look it up and.
2: She's here to keep us honest. <laughs> she's here to, yeah,
1: she is. She's she's our she's so our checker. Maybe here. Yeah. And there. yeah. Definitely, I would be the rule. Uh, the one that would get us in trouble with the.
0: <laughs> <The> FCC. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. We're in the time of steam; they I'll don't check everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to tame it in. Yeah. You I,
1: know, I definitely leave with knowledge. Um, I think a a zest for like I leave knowing knowledge, and I leave wanting mm-hmm. to learn more. So that's good.
2: Yeah, and I think that's really the goal is to just spur that curiosity. I think uh, people kind of get stuck in their own. Uh, own lives and their own routine we're creatures of habit they oh, yeah. get stuck in their own uh habits and routines day to day and they quit being curious at some point point. and uh that's what i would like to spread it's just that curiosity yeah. that uh lust for more knowledge i'm in a constant state of lust for more knowledge and uh i want to spread that i think that only good can come of that and if not good, at least it's going to get real fucking weird. <laughs> That's my comfort zone.
0: It's real fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I had remembered in a talk we had a while back, uh, I think Ella actually asked you. She said, uh, what's, what's something like a prized possession you had that either you'd lost or that you had? And you brought up, you said, Well, band shirts. And you yeah. said the deal was that you'd lost a lot of these, yeah. right? Yeah, so. I've had many, many band shirts. And they were stolen, right? Yeah, by uh, an ex-roommate. Yeah, And you made a solid point there. You said the the thing about a band shirt is that's a moment in time, and that's exactly how yeah. it is. Like, yeah. in this house somewhere, there's a Wolfheart shirt. And yeah. I watched them. The it's first time friend. they ever played in the United States was at the venue Dimebag Daryl was killed at. Yeah. And that was just huge to me. I've got the shirt, and it means yeah. a ton to me. And unfortunately, I don't have it or i'd have worn it tonight but i got you something i was thinking about you and uh this was not easy to locate (laughs) what is this that is a 2001 tool concert tour shirt
2: oh that is badass this is the
0: concert we were at together and didn't even know we were there
2: that had a huge impact on both our lives absolutely did that is amazing mm, man Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: going to put this on there. So, (laughs) for reference, people, this happened on September 8th, 2001. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone knows what happened just a few days later. During this concert, Maynard gave a speech about the bad guys are winning and creativity is a force that can fight this. And. I remembered this speech and I talked to all the people I went with, and none of them remembered it. Yeah, no one so remembered it. I asked Justin in one of our conversations, and he remembered the speech almost exactly like I did. So at this point, I'm like, either we're mutually insane, <laughs> yeah. or he said that stuff. It was a mutual hallucination yes. or he so
2: said those things. This was I, I very distinctly remember him quoting Zappa mm-hmm. that there
0: is no progress without deviation from the normal. From the normal. Yes. And I actually was. Telling someone this story. Yeah. And within minutes, he found the entire concert on YouTube. That is And so he awesome. absolutely gave the speech just like I remembered it. Right. That gave me a lot of confidence yeah. in my memory of these things and that I won't warp around things that strike me as important. Yeah. And I, I yeah. It and really, it
2: kind of gives you the confidence to move forward and lets you know you're on the right path because. Yes, it did. You took that conversation, you took that speech to heart. And uh, that's kind of the spirit in which we move forward with this podcast, yeah. is uh, just trying to put some creativity out there and some free thought, and mm-hmm. I like to call it the Wanderers, Wanderers, and Free Thinkers, Degenerates, uh, <laughs> pseudo- <laughs> Pseudo-Intellectuals, pseudo uh, and uh, Dumpster Divers yeah. out there. Um, I want them to join us on this journey, so. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That's yeah, awesome. I'm that, proud this uh, pride, proudly. Yeah. I actually have a funny story about the shirt I had on. Um, this is called Cloud Sick. That is the city of Louisville uh, okay. being puked on by a cloud. Um, uh, I'm friends with, well, I wouldn't call us friends. Uh, I know the artist that created it. Mm-hmm. He hates me. Interesting. <laughs> he, he created this shirt and... Uh, then took me to the worst concert of my life. Uh, <laughs> which was uh is a band called Swans, not the Swans, Swans. As the most hipstery hipster thing <laughs> that ever hipster. <laughs> uh well, he uh, they're a no wave band, you know, new wave of the eighties. Okay. They were yeah. no wave. They were experimental no wave. So we get to this. we get to Uncle Pleasant's was a very small venue, two hundred and fifty people tops, mm-hmm. and that's standing room only. And uh, it's lined with hipsters uh, for a block. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Um, So we get in line, and there's these cute little girls walking around selling earplugs. Like, why would I want to buy earplugs? I'm going to a concert. Like, I'm in line for tickets. And they're like, oh, you're going to need them. I'm like, no, I don't need earplugs. We get inside, and we find the people we're meeting. We find the artist that did Cloudsuck. His name's Justin as well and uh we say uh, he immediately he says oh did you guys get earplugs? we're like no why would we get earplugs things are getting concerning concert and he's like you're gonna need them so we go and buy oh. dollar earplugs little yellow mm-hmm. phone jobbies put them in and uh it's supposed to start at 10 it's by the time we get in with tickets and everything it's already quarter after and no one's on stage and it's a very tiny stage but it is covered In junk, Uh, Not so much instruments, but there's like a turntable, there's pots and pans, there's just stuff all over the stage. And eventually after about 10 minutes, everyone's kind of murmuring, talking. This guy steps out on stage, picks up the turntable, um, plugs it in, starts cranking amps up, and digs the needle into the record to where it's screeching at a very high volume. It cranks it all the way up and leaves the stage for another 10 minutes. So literally all we're hearing is and uh I was like okay I'm ready to throat punch people now (laughs) I'm like "Uh, when is this gonna actually turn into something and he's like oh man isn't it beautiful he's creating tension this is art and I was like do you know why uh do you know why the, how the hipster burned his tongue? And he said, how? I said, he ate his pizza before it was cool. <laughs> 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 He's hated me since that line. Uh, but uh, after about ten minutes of the screeching, they did eventually come out and start making other noises. It never resembled a rhythm, so I decided to just drink until it was fun and alienate all the hipsters. <laughs> but uh, I actually ended up having a good time, but uh, he doesn't enjoy my company because <laughs> well, <in> that- <laughs> uh, I didn't appreciate the art that was... <laughs> the, obviously, his
0: medal was not yeah. thorough because if that tested an entire friendship with someone, yeah. it obviously was. Yeah. You know. We were not what I would consider
2: close to begin with. He, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't like pretentiousness or fakeness in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And to be a hipster, you have to be that buff, is the,
0: pretentious and fake. This so. brings me to a conversation. Ella was looking at you know the hipster like look and stuff, and she's like. Babe, you know you you kind of have this look, and I was like, yeah, but we're from Southern Indiana, we're from the woods, and this I mean, we're the I'm real deal. A hipster, so like, I've actually cut wood. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I think that's what bothers me so much. It's like they want this image of this like '70s rugged toughness, but it's it's not. I don't know. Earned with... Seem seemed kind well, of rude. It's not even experienced by the lot. It's the, the
2: of style of uh, 70s rugged toughness without any of the 70s rugged toughness. Yes. And it's... Uh, they all tend to be pseudo-intellectuals. And, uh, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, they try to do everything before it's cool. Yeah. So,
1: like, one of the things about me is... Um, like, in, it was something that we read when we were looking just at, like, zodiac signs and stuff. It was like... You know basically kind of have a lot of different hobbies just kind of dabble i'm a dabbler mm-hmm. i don't really ever deep dive so that's why i like this because it lets me be lazy you guys do the research essentially for <laughs> me and just i just get to sit and listen but um so i dabble in a lot of things but i don't so i know a little bit about this a little bit about that um the difference i think with that though was when i come to these i don't pretend to know everything about everything Yeah, i say I know a little bit about a lot of different things.
2: That's how I am.
1: And then, but I'm not going to argue, unless, random, one time, my grandmother, well, not one time, one time I was talking to somebody about my grandmother, that she was the sexton of the Vernon Cemetery for well over 50 years, because the 50th, like, anniversary party of her working there, I was like five, and she didn't pass until I was in my 20s. So, I mean, look, like, worked there forever, and I I just kind of made a statement, like, yeah, uh, in Indiana, you're buried um, in your coffin, and then you have your, um, I can't think of what it is, but basically, vault. In your vault, you have a giant concrete tomb, basically, that your coffin goes in, mm-hmm. so the dirt never touches it, and I had said something, I was like, thank goodness, and Indiana, you're buried in that, because you can't dig your way up if you're a zombie, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're protected, and she was like, just like, no, no, and I was like, kind of, I can tell you that everybody at the Vernon Cemetery is buried in one of those, you know what I mean, except for the people that wouldn't be able to climb up because there's nothing left of them. Yeah. But just don't, so don't don't, argue with me on that. Like, if I know it, I know yeah. it. And I'm going to tell you I know it. But yeah. I just know a little bit about a lot of things. That's
2: why mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. I have an absurd amount of knowledge about uh, the s- sexual reproduction of uh, animals. <laughs> <Talked> about <laughs> Yeah, of yeah. uh, uh, parasites. Uh, uh, um, parasites and yeah. uh, strange penises. <laughs> I don't yeah. know where that <laughs> knowledge comes from. But, uh, I man. think...
1: It's awesome to be able to like. I like facts
2: about penises. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. My uh, little sister she'll kill me for saying this, but I'm uh, I'm okay with being killed by her. She uh, when ever she's having a bad day, she Google's micro penises, and I I've always found that hilarious. <laughs> it, it just um, makes her smile. Slightly, <laughs> uh, others is pain, though. Yeah. It's pure schadenfreude. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's evil, but I love her. Yep. She loves the micro opinions. She likes a tiny little tadger. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I'm probably going to start telling people, like, having a bad day. Like, Yeah, check like, this like, out. Micro penis.
2: Yeah, your day's not this bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the, the <coughs> concert you went to, I can not imagine having to go through that. Uh, fortunately, I... I think the only concert I ever went to that completely disappointed me was, it was the second time I went and watched Opeth. Yeah. And the first time I went and watched Opeth, I was with Brian Hook and Zach Edwards. I hadn't hung out with Zach Edwards for a a long time. Yeah. Another very intelligent local. Yeah. Who, uh, he actually became a professional gambler for a while with online poker. Really? Yeah, he's a smart guy. He really is. We've had some good conversations ourselves, but uh, we went there and... It was at Expo 5 in Louisville, and Expo 5 is a tube, yeah. it's a cut-in-half silo, yeah. that they in. have sprayed tons of sound editing in, <laughs> Yeah, and they have the stage in the middle of the silo, not the yeah. back, so yeah. there's no venue that sounds as good as Expo 5. Yeah, so I've been to Expo 5, it's pretty amazing. We got up there and walked up, and I'll never forget this, Has become one of my favorite bands ever, Catatonia comes out, and they start with Forsaker. And it was just crushing. I mean, it just was amazing. And this is, a, they're a metal band, but yeah. it's clean vocals for anyone that wants to look into that. We watched Opus. Opus was fantastic. You know, they played their old catalog of stuff, they played their new stuff. We go to see them again. I think it was the same venue. It was. It was Expo 5 again, so I'm jazzed. And when we get there, he comes out and he starts playing all this like 70s cult rock, mellow, really fucking. <laughs> And I had made the comment to Brian Hook on the way there. I said, as long as he doesn't play Throat of Winter, which was a song he wrote for the God of War soundtrack, I said, I'll be happy. He said, if he plays that, I'm pissed. I was completely joking. I thought there's no way they're ever going to play this song in a concert. You know, I'd I'd been to see them before. I'd seen many of their concerts live. He gets about, I don't know, four or five songs into this (laughs) weird new 70s rock, and he goes, this is one of my favorites. It's a fun one. Throat of Winter and I mean I still I still respect the guy it, it's yeah. Opeth is still an amazing band they but truly are they uh, I think that yeah to me they I just started kind of getting lost at that point with them I you know yeah yeah I mean your heroes fall from grace that's what they do best
2: yeah um, I had a concert probably 10 years ago that should have been a horrible concert but uh-huh. it actually turned out to be one of my favorite concerts it's the middle of August it was uh 95 or more out and uh, we were going to the Spectrum Center which was one of the few venues in Louisville I had never been to we show up and it's an old 70s high school gym mm-hmm. with no air conditioning and it's 200 hardcore I'm a huge Modest Mouse fan and it's 200 hardcore Modest Mouse fans sweating our asses mm-hmm. off and literally, they opened the show by taking requests out of the audience. Someone said, play all of Long Drive for someone with nothing to think about. So they did. Played an entire album. They was supposed to be a four-hour show. They played for a seven. It was awesome. amazing. It was 20 bucks.
1: Wow. A
2: year to the date later, I uh, go to see Modest Mouse again. It's at Coyotes, which I knew to be a nightclub. I was like, mm-hmm. how in the hell are they playing at Coyotes? It's a nightclub downtown Louisville. It's like on 4th Street. Um, yeah, there's literally what I call cell phone chicks in the middle of the crowd on their cell phone with music playing. Going, I think the band's name is Modest Mouse.
1: <laughs> I was like, Wow, what? <laughs> and Brock, what is
2: Isaac Brock is one of the greatest lyricists I've ever uh, known of. He uh, he proceeds to get smashed on stage, and they played this encore song that is no. I know every Modest Mouse song. It's not on any album. The band was just jamming, and he was screaming, "Why the fuck do you care? Why the fuck do you care?"
0: (laughs) I was like, "Oh, so he sees it too." (laughs) Right on, brother. (laughs) So this, I have one that is the kind of the opposite. I still had a blast, and unfortunately, Ella. Is not nearly as into metal as I am. I, I listen. That is correct. Yes, I melodic death metal is my soul. It, it's yeah. it's where I dwell. <laughs> yeah. It's how I look at the world. Yeah. It just works for me. You know, you see beauty in the sadness. Yeah, it, it's understand. a it's a place I go to. You know. Yeah. So, we watched a band first time we ever watched them live. We were actually at uh, Diamond Pub and Billiards, and they were brand new. It's called Rivers of Nile, mm-hmm. and they were so particular about their setup that they upstaged everybody that day. Uh, was, even Allegiant, who we were there to see. Really? Uh, the Wretched Headlined, I'm not a big fan of them, but Allegiant, I actually wrote their Wikipedia page. Brian Hook and I did. Really? Yeah, and then they kept rejecting it, but they finally are on. They have it now. They've, they've blown up. They had the number one hit on like YouTube or something with a, a Rush cover they did. Really? But Rivers and Nile is the band that I was uh, really impressed by. I had Rain Eater was a single. This is a, this is a death metal band, you know, they're melodic death. And uh, later on, I found out their lead singer has degenerative hearing loss. Really? But they were the most particular about their stage set. Yeah. And he sounded awesome. That's awesome. So we pour pouring sweat, and I was like, this dude's badass. Like, he really is. So they have their third album that they make in 2018 called Where Owls Know My Name. Really? And this is... By many people, the metal album of 2018, and I'm like, we we saw these guys. They were brand new before their second album, you know, like the first one. So they come here to Indiana, and they decide they're going to play the entire album, yeah, front to back, no stops, which is amazing for a metal band. There's no set list. They have two other albums that are popular, yeah, and they do it at a venue where you can get a table and i was yeah. like ella's going to love this like i get yeah. i pay the extra money i get the table
1: princess ella yes i i would
0: go sit down there so we're literally going up to the concert and we get a thing it says unfortunately due to ac issues we've lost our venue i'm like what so i go and look and they have some big country music artist scheduled at that same venue what? so i'm like i'm I guess I'm going to have to get my tickets refunded. Well, then we get a thing that says the venue has moved to the Emerson Theater in Indianapolis. Oh, no, my God. Was it the Emerson? I believe that's correct. It's called the Emerson. What I do know about it is when I looked up the venue, it said permanently closed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we
0: get to this venue, and it is literally a condemned movie theater with police tape. It is. Oh, I
2: bet that's awesome. It was
0: insane. Uh, can I tell
1: you about the restroom?
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, on. my first complaint,
1: all they have is $5 tall boys of PBR, cash only. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> Obviously, they don't have... Everybody yeah. knows why I go to metal concerts, is to support Brian, because I love him, and to get massively drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, we had like $20, and I looked at and I was like, well, I hate to be like this, but um, you can have one, and then I'm slamming three tall boys so I can get drunk on 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I go to the bathroom. It's no stalls. It's just, like, plywood. And you basically just took, like, the, the large sheet and, like, moved it and then turned around and set it propped back in front of the door. <laughs> yeah. The stall, yeah. yeah. So, uh, there was running water. I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. Uh, running water. Um, but, yeah, that was the sketchiest venue I think we've been to.
0: And I will tell you this, man. The openers struggled a lot because this is a movie theater. They literally had a section. In the, the All the seats were removed, but it was sloped and they had a section in the middle roped off for the equipment and stuff and then they were up on the balcony i think doing mixing or whatever yeah. the cords hanging this is crazy like this yeah the opener struggled a lot making that place sound good there's no sound deadening on the walls it's just flat it's a big box it's, it's not a good thing yeah. they still sounded good That's and awesome. i don't believe that it was just me you know being this jazzed up to see this band i mean i'm yeah. I'm, I'm particular about sound i'm yeah. big on sound quality i love that stuff It's a hobby actually and uh they they yeah they did awesome and okay. then they played their full album front to back, and then they played like two encores. That's awesome. Yeah, we got to walk right by them. I fully believe that
2: if uh, you weren't into punk rock in the 90s, you were probably immune to coronavirus. Because uh, I've been to some sketchy fucking venues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, i got some stories. Um, probably things due to legal reasons, so I probably shouldn't tell. The <laughs> dates should be changed <laughs> yeah. for story purposes. But um, I saw Fugazi in the 90s, and uh, that was something else. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fugazi. They're, they're one of the first DIY um, underground independent punk bands of the 90s. Uh, started in 89. Uh, they were What kind of made them stood out, other than their genius, they... they Never uh, used uh, traditional time signatures in their music. They are very talented musically. Ian McKay was incredibly straight edge and would spend the first hour of each show just bitching at the crowd about how we're all... Running our lives with drugs, so everyone would sneak off to the bathroom and do their drugs <laughs> while he was bitching about it. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he'd try to get us to sign petitions and shit. And it was insane, it was insane, but um, yeah, I saw more drugs probably at that concert than I had in any previous concert. And he's the one up on Preaching stage, no drugs. Yeah, yeah, no drugs. He had X's tattooed on his hands, that's how straight edge he was. But uh, he's still around actually, but uh, straight edge, yeah. He's- living that long life <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty crazy and i almost saw Gigi allen i don't know if you guys oh, are yeah. familiar with Gigi allen one of the most horrible human beings to ever grace the face of the planet mm-hmm. um G. G. allen and the suicide mm-hmm. machines i actually had plans to go see him and he died uh just behind the venue he's playing at um the week before purposely he was trying to kill himself on the stage and when he shot up a An overdose level dose of uh, heroin on stage. The security rushed the stage and he ran and died in the alley behind the venue. But this man was known for performing in his underwear, Mm -hmm. shitting on people, flinging shit, pissing, ejaculating, vomiting, uh, getting in fights with the crowd. But this is my defense of him. He's an awful human being. Don't get me wrong. His literal birth name is Jesus Christ (laughs) Allen. I mean, you can't do that to a kid. (laughs) You just can't. His mom was us. Backwoods, I believe, Alabama, like backwoods single mother who believed he was a immaculate conception. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's going to mess your kid up.
1: Yeah.
2: But I almost saw him. I'm glad I didn't because uh, it'd be game over if I get someone else's fluids on me at a concert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Guar many times, but that's fake fluids that you get covered in. Yes. I got to see, uh, last time I saw Guar I got to
0: see them at Waverly. Um, That's interesting. We went there before they opened that to the public. Really? Yes, we uh, did. One I've, of the first groups. I've spent the
2: night there
0: multiple times.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I've done the tours and stuff. See, I,
1: don't, I can't do that stuff. I've, I'm too much of a scary
2: cat. I've still never seen anything. Been there twice. Let me I, tell you, this
0: this is should be its own episode, but man, let me tell you this. I went there with uh, Jennifer Patterson. Graham Skinner, I remember the group, it was a huge group, Boone Dorset, Heather Downing, who I'm still real close with, and uh, they were like, hey, do you want to go to this place? They just opened it back up, all this stuff, and we're like, oh yeah, sure. It's so new when we go in there. They had filmed the Ghost Hunters episode or whatever they'd done there, because I remember clips from that being in the intro we watched before we went up, but everything was still destroyed and they Mm -hmm. said what what the we were talking to the people that own it now yeah and the lady that actually owns it had told us she said yeah we bought this to turn it into a big haunted house which they ultimately did yeah and she's like and when we started moving stuff around we're like this place is actually haunted yeah so i'm in there not believing a bit of this you know i'm just like this is just cool it's halloween let's 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 be in the mood and have fun and I was on the third floor, I believe, and gosh, it's been so long. It could have been fourth. I think it was the third floor. Heather Downing was standing by me, and she turns around and punches Boone for pinching her butt. Really? And he swears to God to this day he didn't do it. Well, the owner sees us walking off down this hallway, and it talks to us and says, what happened? She says, oh, yeah. And she laughs. She goes, yeah, we call it the Groper. Yeah. It happens to people here all the time. Like, oh, BS. you know? Yeah. Thinking they're just selling this. But David Day... Super skeptic. This guy's more skeptical than I am, even to this day. And we just talked about this recently. This has been, what, 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. We walk down the end of that hallway, and I'm like, what's going on down here? And you see someone looking out and looking in, and I'm like, we thought there was a stairwell in the back, and it was another group coming up. Yeah. So we leave the group. We got all kinds of yelled at. And we walk all the way down there, and it's a closed-off room. That's great. And I I am almost certain, in that Ghost Hunters episode, they filmed something walking across the hall. It's that hallway and that end of that room. Really? So, I don't know. Uh, I, see,
2: I wanted to see something I've been three times. We
0: went the second time when they had built the haunted house and done this. And the whole place was, like, sanitized. There's cameras everywhere. And I'm like, this just, I mean. It's not the same experience. Yeah, I'm like, if, I think, you know, it wasn't at the Winchester mansion that she said if you weren't building on the home it could get haunted so yeah constant improvement i whatever that is you know yeah whatever whatever vibe was still in that place from it being a tuberculosis sanatorium yeah was gone and we saw we saw absolutely nothing and people took hundreds of pictures there that second time Uh, the
2: two times i spent the night all the people i was with claimed to see things but i've still to this day never seen a ghost i've spent lots of time in uh, houses that people swore were haunted. Yep. And I'm a person that wants to believe, but yep. I'm not going to fully believe till I see it. Um, I do want to believe, and I believe in possibilities. Um, yeah. believe it's possible. I've just never seen it. My, mo- my mother was raised in a, a home that had been in our family for almost 200 years. And every child that was raised in the home, um, my uncle owns it now, he raised all of his children at home. They all had their own individual haunting. They're completely different than anyone else's, which made it harder to for them to even believe each other because mm-hmm. yeah. they all such saw such different things. But my mother's haunting growing up was benevolent. It was a little old lady that would warn her where not to go on the farm and tell her what not what rooms to avoid that day. And she always referred to a hymn. And he'd be like, "He's really angry. Don't go to the cellar today."
1: Oh, or wow.
2: <laughs> he's really angry. Don't go downstairs. Yeah. Like
1: I mean, the part like chills, like freaking out slash oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, I definitely got creepy vibes. I mean, I guess "Statue of Limitations" is over on it. My it was so haunted. Who my skeptical uncle who did not. Was swore, even when pe- the family was discussing it, swore he never saw anything. He admitted uh, 20 years after the fact that he burnt the original house down um, yeah. purposely because uh, he said he had to. Uh-huh. Like He was like we couldn't live there anymore. Like It was getting to be a problem. But there's they bur- it burnt down from an electrical fire and the family came we had a big like family reunion essentially to burn off all the rubble mm-hmm. it was a huge old farmhouse well it took uh, a full day to burn off all the rubble and there are literally pictures from that day that you can see human forms in the flames like the rising yeah. up from the rubble it's oh, pretty intense yeah. Uh, when I was 17, I was a bad kid and I was never good at being a bad kid. I kept on getting caught (laughs) and, uh, I got put on probation and sentenced to 90 days community community (coughs) service. And, uh, my first day of community service, you just meet at the courthouse and they tell you where you're going to go. Well, it was right before the Sassafras Tea Festival and they sent me and five other kids to the, the museum, um, downtown North Vernon and, uh, this woman, I wish I knew her last name because I'd love to reach out to her. She was probably in her 30s then. I was 17. And I was a little long-haired hippie kid. And she picked me to stay upstairs with her on the top floor and essentially shuck uh, sassafras root, like prepare it to make tea out of, while the other bigger guys went downstairs and moved stuff around for her. Well... Immediately, she's she was like, "You're here for weed, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No." She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "It's cool." And then she's like, uh, "She's like, I picked you because I know you probably like ghost stories, right?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "I've got tons." And so we just sat up there for four hours telling ghost stories. And uh, she shows me a picture. So the room we're in is just a big open floor, pan, big open room. And there's a door on the far wall with a window in it. You can see it's outside through that window. She said, do me a favor. Walk over to that door, unlock it, open it. But don't step forward. I open it, and it is literally four stories down. Literally, there is nothing on the other side of the door. She was like, yeah. So that used to have a huge balcony on it. This used to be a stagecoach and inn. And that had a huge balcony, but that balcony fell off in like the 1890s. It hasn't had one since. Well, she's like, check out this picture from when the city first bought this property. And all it is is it's the director of the Historical Society in Jennings County, like presenting this room with his arms like spread like this. And it's just showing how tore up it is. Like the floor's all tore up, and there's junk everywhere. It'd been a storage room, it looked like, for mm-hmm. years. But if you look, In the back corner, there's a door to the outside, and in that window is a man with a cowboy hat, plain as day. You can see his mustache. You can see details of his face. She's like, that's that door. We're in that room. And I was like, okay, I got cold chills. (laughs) What else you got? (laughs) We just told ghost stories. And all of a sudden, she's like, just wait. She's like, I believe she called the little boy Timmy. She said, there's a little boy who lives in the basement. Or not exactly lives there's a, unlips, a, a, unlips unlips in, the in the basement and she's like he's gonna start messing with them boys downstairs she was like just wait mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden one of them come running upstairs and was like uh, stuff just moved by itself we didn't do it and like stuff just got broke and she started laughing because <laughs> she had literally just said to me oh, like wait yeah it was really cool it was a cool experience but I n- I never got to uh, hang out with her again she was really really cool lady though
1: now we we've never been. I don't want to say haunted. We've got some unexplained things that have happened in a couple different places. I never. And I, I always was scared of the basement in my house growing up. But I think that was just your generic. I was a kid and scared of the basement, even though the basement wasn't really creepy. It's creepy esque.
2: Yeah. Um. Creepy adjacent.
1: Yeah. So never really anything in my house I grew up in. Um. But we lived in an apartment in Bloomington. Uh. Our first apartment over on a in Knight Ridge. And uh, I made brownies one time. And you know how, like, it's annoying, like, you uh, read the box, put it in the trash, and it's like, crap, i got to get the yeah, box out, because get... even though I know it's 35 minutes, i got a triple, quadruple check, check that's 35 yeah. minutes. So I had done that, because I remember, the reason I say that is I remember that little detail of, like, I went back, check the time. Well, I had used a fork to blend, or to mix the stuff, the batter, and I, I remember putting it in, like, the middle of the counter. I don't know why I just didn't put it in the sink. It was one of those, I think I was gonna like come back and eat the batter off yeah. the fork. So, but I remember thinking to myself, oh, better not put that too close to the edge. And so, putting it like in the dead middle of the counter and I'm on the um, couch and I was like, I forgot to eat that brownie batter like off the fork. Hmm. And I walk in the kitchen and it's sitting in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, okay, even if it fell,
2: you would have heard it. And
1: I'm like, and why would Brian, I don't even know that he was home, i was not like, home then. why yeah. would he have picked it up and put it <laughs> in the middle of the floor? Yeah. So I just kind of was like, ha ha, very funny, like, made it try to, like, placate yeah. said ghost. Yeah. Uh, one time, I run out of the bedroom because I swear that someone has broken into our kitchen window. Same apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it's one of those, like, even though it was an apartment, I could tell it wasn't the upstairs or, like, the, the beside us neighbor. Like, it was our window. Come running out. Not only do I go outside... I'm looking at all the buildings around us. Nothing was broken. But no. I could have sworn, like, my our window shattered. Someone broke our window. Yeah. Nothing.
0: That's crazy.
1: And that's about it at that, in all honesty, all the apartments lived in in Bloomington, for me at least.
0: Well, they told us, too, that, that we got lucky to get that. It was X-33 at uh, Meadow Park. And uh, they said a couple had just moved out. Well, we got this elderly lady's mail constantly afterwards, like, No one had forwarded. Yeah. So I got a little like I was like, did they not want to say something to us? I mean, I didn't, I I didn't wasn't, I didn't believe in any of that then, but I do remember that freaking her out quite a bit. So then we
1: lived here. In the
0: pizza box, you had a pizza box also, fly out of the trash, didn't you? I don't
1: remember that.
0: Yep. I remember that. that. Yeah. I'm
1: a giant baby. Like if we watch a scary movie he can't leave the room you got to watch like, a so, di- um, you
2: got to watch a disney film before you go to bed yeah they're they're like, birds, so you absolutely you got to watch me pee
1: for the next like 48 hours while yeah. i'm too scared to go yeah. to the bathroom alone you got to
2: have a palate cleanser after <laughs> yeah. every disney movie
1: um but we um before we remodeled in here um the only time i had anything specifically happen to me was i was sitting here watching tv um i was waiting for Brian to get home and i just got this really really overwhelming sense of fear and dread and I remember singing, like, just don't turn around. Just I can't turn around. And it's much like our couches now, um, where it faces. You know, your back is to the door. Um, I was watching TV, and just the whole time I was here, I just was like dead So I was like, I can't turn around. Just don't turn around. That was the only weird thing I had happen here. Was just that overwhelming feeling of dread and like just panic. It was, and I just remember thinking to myself, just I, I just can't turn around. Just don't turn around. And look. And just I, wait till Brian gets home.
2: I don't have anything that I would consider a ghost story at all. Um, I really haven't. I've experienced some things that I could say that were spooky, but nothing I could definitively say that was a ghost. I saw a ghost. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I have had some glitches in the Matrix over the years. Um, my dad and I, um, my dad's not a super deep guy. I love him to death. He's just not super deep. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the kitchen. It was rare for us to just have the house to ourselves. And it's him and I, I'm a young teenager, I think probably 15 or 16, and he'd just gotten a sandwich maker. It was like the old Foreman Grills, yes. but it was a sandwich maker. And uh, he's super excited, and I think both of us had snuck off to our rooms to get high separately, and came out with the munchies, like, and Dad's like, I'm thinking we hit the sandwich maker. And I'm like, I'm thinking you're a genius. <laughs> like, let's hit this shit. So we're, I'm manning the microwave, because I'm the microwave stuff and put stuff together. And you know how a room changes when a light bulb goes out? Yes. Both of us at the exact same time looked at the light. Like, a light bulb had just gone out. But then we both like kind of shake our heads and realize the light's on. And I'm over by the light switch. I look and it's on. And I'm like, he's like, did you feel that? I was like, yeah, I felt that. And he's like, from my kitchen, you can hear the TV. We're watching football. this Sunday. Um, it was football season. And you couldn't hear the TV. And I was like, did the power go out? Did we have a power surge or something? The TV probably didn't come back on. We couldn't hear We literally take one step out of our kitchen, and the TV's blaring. Like, we step back into the kitchen, can't hear it. It was the weirdest thing, and then eventually, like, we're, like, going back and forth. Like, what the fuck is happening? Uh And we finally just stopped and remembered our sandwiches, and all of a sudden, you could hear the TV in the kitchen again. It was very weird, and Dad was like, I don't know. Now, do you
1: think you and your dad could have bought the same weed?
2: It's possible. I'm not, (laughs) I'm I'm not giving, I'm uh, I'm not saying anything's uh, (laughs) impossible. My
1: brain instantly, uh, did not mean to shout, my brain instantly kind of goes to not necessarily maybe a glitch in the matrix, which in all honesty is could be a very, you know, sound uh, theory. My, my go-to is aliens.
2: Well, see, that's Dad's thing. Dad yeah. says he's convinced that we were abducted that day. Um, but I've told you all my UFO story. I can't say it's an alien story because I didn't see an alien, but I definitely saw a UFO in broad daylight. Yeah. And I had seen things in the night sky that I couldn't explain, but this was something completely different. I've told you guys the story. I might as well tell our listeners. Um, my friend and I, we were uh, just cruising. I, actually, I was 17, I was rolling a joint, our last joint. and we were heading to another friend's house to buy more. but we wanted to smoke this last joint together because there's always 20 dudes at this other house we didn't want to share. Um, so I'm trying to roll it and I'm not a great roller and I kept on tearing the paper so it's taking forever. So we're just cruising slowly. Now this is Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, middle of August. It is broad daylight. And I'm just, I have my head facing down because I'm trying to roll this joint. And I notice we've been at this stop sign for a really long time. And then I see something out of the top of my peripheral vision moving towards us. And I'm like, that plane is looking really, and I look up and there is just in broad daylight, a black pyramid in the sky, literal black pyramid. And it wasn't flying the way you would expect. It didn't have a point facing forward. It had one of its facets facing forward. And I realized there's dogs barking, and I can't hear them. There's a guy push mowing his yard. He's not looking at the sky. It's like we're in a bubble. Like, he can't see this. He's not even aware of it. And I can't hear the mower. My window's down. I'm 20 feet away from this guy. So I'm literally, it's coming towards us very slowly. And you can feel the vibration in the car. And I look at Tara, and she's like wide-eyed. She, uh, she was not a believer. Uh, before this Mm -hmm. moment and she was like is it real is it real I was like it's real we kind of hold hands for a second I was like I've got to get a better look and I put my head I got my torso completely out of the vehicle as it comes over top of us she's like get in the car get in the car it's gonna get you (laughs) I'm like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity Uh and I, I took a mental note it was like it was carved from a single stone like it was a monolith there was no grooves that I saw, no portholes, no windows, no doors, nothing that I could discern as an entryway or a light or anything. It was literally like carved from Onyx, a monolith of wow. a pyramid. And, and it, was, uh, it was amazing. And it hovered right over top of us, and I'm literally leaning out of the vehicle looking at it. I could see the shine off the metal. It was so close. All of a sudden, it just shot straight up into the sky until it was a pinprick. In the blink of an eye, it was gone. And uh, we're all pretty excited. All of a sudden, we can hear again. Like, we were out of the bubble. I can hear dogs barking. I can hear the mower. I can hear kids playing. Oh, wow. And uh, she was like... Uh, do you still want to go to Daniel's? I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was like, let's smoke this. So we're smoking on the way to Daniel's. We get there and we run in. We're like, we just saw a fucking UFO. It's right outside. It's like a block that way. And they're like, yeah, man, this one time uh, I saw this uh, thing in the sky. It was light. I don't know. And like, they're all telling the lamest stories. We're like, this is broad fucking daylight. Black pyramid in the sky in your fucking neighborhood. Like, I don't care about the dot you saw in the sky at night. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it was crazy, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's good that you held on to that story, and you told me a while back, doesn't she call you, like, annually? Annually. Uh, to just make sure she actually, has We uh, actually,
2: this year, I believe it was this year or into last year, she messaged me one day, she was like, okay, I was talking about our experience, That was that's what we call it, mm-hmm. the experience, and she was like, I want to make sure our stories match, so what we're going to do, we're on Messenger, she's like, type out everything you remember, I'll do the same, and then we'll count to three, and hit send. And she was like, I'll text you on your text message to say when. And so she texted me, and I hit send. And, uh, yeah, almost verbatim, exactly. She remembers, she looked at the clock. I didn't look at the clock. I was so mesmerized by the object itself. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take my eyes off it for fear that it'd disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, But she looked at the clock, and she says that we watched it either we lost some time or we watched it for 12 minutes oh, wow. and uh i know it wasn't 12 minutes right. there's no 12 minutes is forever when you're witnessing something yeah mm-hmm. i mean i i felt like it was a long time but maybe four or five minutes not 12 minutes mm-hmm. she thinks we were actually abducted um she was like i don't know she's like i can't say because i mean how could you she's like but we're missing time there we're missing minutes she was like i think we got put back kind of at the wrong time or something like they glitched a little and or maybe their technology isn't accurate mm-hmm. but uh i actually got her to agree to come on and tell oh, her wow. version of the story amazing that that's awesome. that's what i was uh, gonna bring up she said she wants to practice first she oh, wow. wants to meet everybody in practice okay be nervous. Well, so let's, let's, let's do that's that, fine uh, but uh but yeah i think it'll be a
0: uh, interesting to hear her side. Well, and this, sure yes, this is this is literally the perfect time for this now because look what just was released. Uh-huh. Now, and I was actually, I had a friend that was in the a 160th at Night Stalkers. So he was into aviation. Yeah. And in, deep in the military. And I had asked him, and obviously he's very, very closed-lipped about everything. But he uh, he'd said, yeah. He goes, there's definitely something up there. I don't know exactly what it is. He, he kind of leaned towards it being experimental aircraft like we have them and other nations have them but yeah he 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 basically confirmed this as well now it's public knowledge i read a few hundred uh pages
2: of the info dump they did from Mm -hmm. the cia and it spans from like the 1960s all the way to the early 2000s yeah was that particular information dump and there was literally a debriefing from one of the Air Force Generals or something that said the reason why we haven't released this isn't because we think it would cause panic. He said it's because we don't know what we're looking don't at. Don't know what we're
0: looking at. Why yeah. would
2: we release it when we don't know what to say about it? Like, yeah. we saw this thing. Like, that's all we got. <laughs> like, it showed up on radar or uh, two pilots visually saw it
0: but that's all we know. There's a meme floating around right now that says uh, it, a alien craft or a UFO was witness breaking this out barrier without a sonic boom. And then the meme is the aliens watching humans break the sound barrier with a sonic boom, saying that's the most ghetto shit I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: that's adorable.
0: Um, do you know who uh, David Fravor is? Uh,
2: Commander David Fravor? He, uh, he's been on Rogan several times. He Did was it? a... Uh, commander in the uh, air force or navy he flew he flew our highest technology jets uh-huh. and uh, he was a test pilot and he was doing some formation runs and he didn't release where but he he was able to save all of his data from uh, the uh, radar and whatnot he witnessed a tic tac that's all, the only way you can describe it yeah. large white cylinder that was rounded on both ends uh, looked like a tic tac He watched it move in ways that no technology on this planet, the technology we have has to follow rules of physics, and this wasn't. It was not following the rules of physics as he knows it. And he's like, and I've been, at that point when I saw it, I had been flying for over 20 years. he's like, and my first thought was, I want to fly that. he's like, I kept on making passes. He said, my entire squadron saw it. He said, we oh, um, we filmed it. We They won't let us uh, release that video. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's going to be classified for the next 25 years. 25 years. That's and, the uh, cut off
0: for Willie. Yeah.
2: But uh, he's a very interesting guy. And um, I mean, there's always the wackadoos that mm-hmm. come forward like, i seen this. And you're like, yeah, right, whatever. This guy, he's not a wackadoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is a decorated commander. Right. Um, he definitely, uh, the kind of witness you want for mm-hmm. something like that. So. Well, and so,
1: I like I was saying, I only had the one time in this home. Um, I mean, I've had night terrors and stuff, but I mean, that's what it is. That's a, I knew it was a night terror. There really wasn't something, you know, in the corner. Yeah. Um, but, um, so we had people that lived with us. And um, what, what made it stick out to me is the fact that both the boyfriend and the girlfriend talked about it, but they talked about it outside of me. So only one of them experienced it. So what happened was is the girlfriend basically called the boyfriend and was like, hey, I don't, can you kind of check? I don't really, really know how to bring this up. Because she didn't really live with us, he did, but she was would, she would come down and visit, spend the weekend. She's like, I don't know if I, what I did to make Ella mad, but like I walked by and like went to tell her bye and she just didn't talk to me. And like I just want to make sure everything's okay. So it was the fact that she called him to tell him that and then he came and was like, were you mad at her today? And of course I'm like, bro, I've been at work all day. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, did you come home for lunch or something? I'm like, no, I had Wendy's. I'm like, what are you talking about? Hmm. So it was the fact that it bugged her enough. And this person is on a drama starter. Like, we yeah. were from when I was like, I'm not mad I wasn't even home and stuff. It was, she was just like, well, you normally would just, you're very blunt. You would say, I'm mad about this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she watched me walk down the hallway, walk past her in the bathroom, sit on my bed. And it was me. And she, like, walked to the doorway and went to talk to me, and I wouldn't talk to her. And so she just said, okay, bye. That same woman had another experience in the house. We have no proof other than her word, but again, she's never really, why would she lie? Yeah. Said she was in the bathroom straightening her hair, and the old, like, the old tower five-disc CD changer, like, you know, Iowa sound system, like... I think I bought when I was like 13, for yeah. like $200, and I'd saved up all this money and gotten. I loved it. It comes on out of nowhere. Thing hadn't been turned on in years, and I'm not convinced the speakers were hooked up. In all honesty, I don't even know the speaker because it was that you know like pink speaker wire you got like clip it in the back, and it's just inconvenient. Yeah. She said that came on full blast, yep. and she wow. just ran. She left the straightening iron on, threw it in the sink, ran out of the house. It scared her so bad.
0: Yeah, there's a genuineness to fear that when she told us the story, it was absolutely. I mean, we can no see doubt. the fear. So, yeah, something was going on. Yeah.
2: That's crazy. She saw your doppelganger. And that's,
1: I have, like, I was just joking. I work in child welfare. And I was just joking um, to someone about my face because I said, um, I had a situation where I went into the liquor store that I normally go to, and it was a new worker, and I was like, crap. So instantly, I'm just like, okay, just act natural, act cool. And without missing a beat, you look really familiar. Where do I know you from? Oh, I've just got one of those faces. I, in fact, do not have one of those faces. I have a very distinct face. I have facial piercings. Like, I've never met anybody that really looks like me, except for a picture of my mom when she was 30, and And I'm 30. And you have
2: teal hair. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean,
1: I'm just like, okay. Um, So I'm just like, oh, um, yeah, I have one of those faces. No, that's not it. I know I've seen, I know I know you from somewhere. And I'm like. Um, And I'm like, oh, I saw you at Bingo a while back, remember? And she was like, no, that's not it. And then full line, I'm like, oh, the line's getting long. Better, Better speed up. Oh, I know you. You came to the hospital and tried to take my baby. And I'm like... Why would you say that? Like now, I'm just like, oh yeah, I do work in child welfare. Like, yeah. uh, She was just like, yeah, how you did Which I did not take her baby. I'm very glad I did not have to take her baby. But yes, I was just like, why? Why is that? Like, and she was just so proud. She just shouted it out. Wow. I was just like, no, that's crazy. That
2: is crazy.
1: And at one of my other jobs, so I do like a cash under the table job, and uh, it was the same thing. A woman came up and was like. I think, where do I know you from? This now I'm like, oh, around. And then she's like, do you work with kids? And I'm like, yeah. And this night, she's like, oh, you was my case manager. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. right in front of all your like, coworkers. I'm like, we don't have to talk about that.
2: Yeah. Make something up. <laughs> That's Because <laughs> I
1: obviously would never out somebody. That's not my yeah. goal in life. And not, I mean, it's against the rules.
2: Yeah. That's so weird that the girl saw your doppelgangers. Yes. Like, doppelgangers are something that fascinating. me.
1: I only said that story to talk about how, like, I'm like, so, I always like oh, I might just have one of those faces, but I I know that's not the case at all.
0: I had at least, I mean, I'm a pretty distinct looking person. I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy. Yeah. Like, I'm a heavyweight naturally all the time. Yeah. Six foot tall, ginger, all the way, like yeah. full blood. There's no doubt. Yeah. And uh, I had three people tell me that they were, had seen me in Scott County and talked to me, and then it turned out to be a different person. Really? And I'm like, I don't really look like anybody else. Like, this is strange. Yeah. So, and these are people I'm close with. Yeah. So, I don't know. that That is kind of strange. Well, my Could brother. brother and I
2: have discussed this multiple times, that there's breeds of people. You mm-hmm. see people with the same facial structure, the same um, cheeks and forehead, same brow, um, that... They could look like siblings, when they're complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I see it all the time. Now, m- once we start pointing it out, now I see it all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're one of those breed. Like, <laughs> um...
1: Well, it's just like, I never knew the Buick Skylark existed until my friend drove one, and now I, mean, I would see and yeah. so, everywhere then it was the everywhere. And so, was great, slug because then Yeah, every time, like, I see like one... like driving a blue car. That's the I have the to go back to Clifton Cornette. Thieves
0: and Buick Skylarks. <laughs> and one his, of just... his theory was that the majority of thieves purchase Buick Skylarks for some reason.
1: <laughs> and so that every time, to this day, and that was, I've been with Brian for 17 years, and this was early Clifton. So this was probably 17 years ago. Like, every time I see a Buick Skylark, Thieves and Buick Skylarks.
0: The, the way people impact your life, man. Yeah. It's interesting. So. Uh, one of my friends, uh, she...
2: Uh, how she says dodge neon she goes dodge neon <laughs> oh she she was till recently working at a gas station i'm like what did you used to drive i'd make her do it awesome
0: neon well i think guys we're getting towards the end we're getting a little long in the tooth on this one but uh, a yeah. good discussion today so uh let's uh Let's toast to future episodes. Yeah.
1: And to our what are our fans, uh,
2: throwaway kids, uh, wonders, wanderers, uh, latch uh, degenerates, uh, pseudo intellectuals, dumpster kids, divers, man, dumpster divers. We're all yeah, yeah. You make you make um, what you will of this. Till the next time, um, we'll dive back into the dumpster. Yes. Everyone have a good evening.
1: Bye.